0: Thanks for joining us. The following is a presentation of Ignite Global Ministries and features the teaching of Pastor Ben Dixon. Pastor Ben has a vision of strengthening the church to impact the world. He serves as lead pastor at Northwest Foursquare Church in Federal Way, Washington. First thing I want to do is I want to share with you some testimonies because I think it's important when we seem to have a lot of bad news, we need to hear the good news. First, the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ, which we preach all the time, and also the good news of what God is doing in our midst as we seek him, as we pray. And believe for what the scriptures teach that God still does today. The Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We believe this here at Northwest Church. You believe that. And that's why I want to share with you some testimonies. Here's the deal every service when I preach, I pray, and you know this if you're around the church or you've been around or even just listened to me online recently. I pray over that service, I pray during worship, I pray before that, I ask God to speak to me and give me prophetic words or words of knowledge, and He does, probably every service. And I share those at the end of my time preaching because to me, we need teaching and we need demonstration of the Spirit's power. And so we share the prophetic words, we share the words of knowledge, And then what ends up happening is many of you will actually respond, and you'll let me know that that word of knowledge was for you, that prophetic word was for you, and how God did something in your heart, or healed your body. And I know as a church, we don't get to hear all those testimonies, so I want to share with you some testimonies, and I'm leaving names out, so if you happen to hear this and you know it's you, nobody knows it's you but me and you, but I want to share these as testimonies for you. Pastor Dixon, thank you for praying about knee pain. My husband's knees were hurting the right more than the left. There was a word of knowledge about knees this last weekend on 1130 service, and I specifically said the right knee more than the left. So this is what someone said. My husband's knees were hurting the right more than the left. He works construction, so he has to go up and down the stairs. I specifically mentioned going down and up the stairs. He said that he also has stress headaches. We actually had a word of knowledge about that as well. Thank you for praying. This was in response to the word of knowledge and uh, just believing that God brought healing at that time. Um, Let's see, just a simple encouragement. Great message services last night, your examples, Bible passages. Hit home with all that's going on right now. Thank you for being strong and uh, keep it coming. We're grateful. God is doing great things. A lot of people have responded with Second Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then the Lord says he will heal our land. People believe they're hearing that from the Lord, and it's time for us to turn from whatever sin and also just really... Um, identificational repentance, just repenting on behalf of our city, our nation, as a people of God. We identify with people and we too had a sinful nature needing to be redeemed by the Lord Jesus. And so we lock arms with what the Lord wants to do in healing our land by standing in the gap in intercession. So we have many people that have actually responded to me and saying, hey, this was a scripture that we believe the Lord is saying today I really appreciate the community that Northwest Church is facilitating online and how you guys are leading us with Jesus's vision. Someone said the Ignite service was the highlight of their week. Somebody loves my emails. They think I'm writing a book. That's really awesome. Hello, Pastor Ben. You had a prophetic word on Sunday at the 9 a.m. service pertaining possibly to a chiropractic doctor who had concerns about their business during the COVID-19 outbreak. This note just came in from our chiropractor's office with an update. They remain open. I'm uncertain about the ramifications and Um, that DCs are able to take x-rays, but this could be another blessing in disguise. They're believing that this word was for this person specifically, and they're praying into that. I've had sinus issues for years and you gave a word of knowledge over this past week, and now they are gone. Praise the Lord. And there's a bunch of other healing ones. I would also say this last one, Sunday morning, I woke up with a sore and swollen throat, and my chest was really tight. Just a few minutes after the 1130 service, all of my symptoms had completely gone. And that was a word of knowledge that we prayed over. We talked about um, the swollen throat, specifically of a swollen throat, That was the 1130 service. Isn't that amazing? I mean, I just have more. I could keep reading them. And what I decided to do was in the midst of a lot of bad news, it's like we need to know, first of all, that the words that we're sharing that are actually not only being heard, but responded to. And when you mix the word with faith, when it's really a word from the Lord, He responds. He heals what He reveals. And we've seen God do that time and time again. But isn't it amazing that as we're doing online community, as the church is scattered, that God is honoring His word? He sends His word and heals. And this is amazing. This is what the Lord is doing. And I get to read these emails, but I just thought to myself, you don't get to see what I'm seeing. And sometimes our staff, we get to share things as well. So I want to bring some of those to you. So I quickly started taking names out and putting the testimonies into a document. Some of the text messages I had already responded to and deleted, and so now I'm saving them so I can share with you what the Lord is doing in our community. Be encouraged. What we're still doing together, he is ministering to us, and he is ministering through us. So be encouraged. I want to share with you a little bit about the coronavirus, I want to talk a little bit about how this might be affecting you. I want to talk to you about what God is saying to me, and then from there, I will um, open it up for q and a. Uh, but it seems like everything is changing so fast when it comes to the coronavirus and the effects and I want to obviously say that we not only are we complying. But we want to aid our community in the slowing down of COVID-19. And so as a church, we've shut our offices down and we're obviously at shelter in place. We do function as a food pantry, and so we're feeding anywhere from 50 to 100 or 75 families a week with groceries. That probably could continue to grow for all we know. We, we just are grateful that God has had us faithful in that effort, but that actually makes us an essential Business as it were, or nonprofit, and so we are um, we are able to continue doing some of those functions. One of the other provisions is that we can still use some of our equipment. We have a very small number of people that help live stream these things under artist or whatever there are some rep- requirements that we have, and almost everything that is non-essential has been shut down. All gatherings have been banned, but there are specific essential functions that there are provisions for. And so we are in conversation with all kinds of people about that, but that's why we're able to continue our live stream production and if we had to, we will obviously go to the home, but there's nobody here except for just a few people to be able to do that. But our church is completely shut down in every way, shape, and form, except for the essential essential functions that we have provision for. We're complying with the government. We believe that's important. We're praying and pressing in to not only just comply, but also to ask God to heal and to bring an awareness to us that this is very serious. And I just want to say to our church, I realize that there are all kinds of opinions about this. I'm not a healthcare professional. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a government official. I don't even fully know exactly what needs to happen. I read a lot of opinions, whether or not what we're doing as a country, what we're doing as a state, is the right or wrong thing to do. I've kind of somewhere in the middle. I'm not really sure. But what I do know is this is very serious, when I was monitoring it today it was 450,000 cases worldwide and within 3 hours there was 455,000 cases. In the same amount of time in 3 hours there was 19,750 deaths. By the time I came back 3 hours later, there was 20,550. It was 700 and something deaths in the period of 3 hours this morning. And so I take this as very seriously. I know you do as well and we want to do so in prayer. I know you know this a couple of weeks ago we as a state took this seriously because we've had several deaths and we've had many cases of COVID-19. And so the governor shut down all public gatherings, over 250 people. Well, it was at that time that we just made the decision to limit everything. Then the next proclamation came and it was everything over 50 was banned. And so we disbanded all of our services. We went completely online as a church. And then obviously we are now, as of Monday night, shelter in place with some uh, basic requirements for essential businesses and whatnot. And I know... That this has changed all of our lives. One of the ways that it's uh, changed our lives is is that all of the businesses have been shut down. Well, most of the, almost all the non-essential businesses, according to the government standards, those have been shut down. Many of the restaurants have been shut down. Some of them are going out of business. Um, and so I just heard that Boeing sent their employees home just the other day, and that was after some confirmed cases, and at least one person did lose their life to this, and so it's very serious. It's impacting our community. It's affecting all of us in one way or another. It could be affecting your job. Um, It could be affecting your business. It could be affecting your friends and your family, but I just want you to know kind of my stance on this. We take it very seriously, number one. Number two is we are praying and pushing back um, number three we 're trying to comply the best that we know how or can um, as a church, but also I want to um, I want to prepare us for what this could mean at least as a church, because you might be asking as you 're tuning in and this is this is home for us, maybe it 's a second home for all of us because we are family with one another. And so we just need to be prepared. I continue to hear people say, well, we'll go back to normal in two weeks. I don't believe that's going to happen. I think a shelter in place, I can't, I've read the proclamation, I don't read anywhere where it's two weeks. Some people say it's three weeks. I know the president said he would like to have all the churches be able to meet by Easter. I don't think that's going to happen, nor do I think that's really a good idea considering Easter is little over two weeks away from now this is going to get worse before it's going to get better, in, in my opinion, with everything that I've read. And we look at New York as an example of what's happening right now. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm asking that you would pray, but I'm just preparing us for what I think. I would like to be wrong. But I believe that this is probably going to be a four-week shelter-in-place, and it could be longer. When you look at China and Italy, it seems like they've done shelter-in-places for a minimum of 40 days, and some have gone longer, and they shut down everything. And so if that's what they're going to do with us, I'm not trying to be a prophet to you. I just want to prepare. I've been reading the CDC website, and what it's saying on there, when they come to lift the ban off of public gatherings, they're going to do it in stages, which means they're going to allow for businesses to reopen, small businesses, you're talking like 10, 20 people, then 50, and then 250, and then 500, and so on. Everything I've read seems to uh, suggest to me that we're going to have a period of time for shelter in place, and we're going to have a period of time that's going to scale back into at least how we are as a church. And so I'm preparing for what that might mean. I'm thinking through what that might look like. I don't want to discourage you, but I also don't want to put my head in the sand and act like this isn't our reality for a period of time. But I think it's important that we look at this this period of time, whether it's eight to ten weeks of where we're not going to be able to meet together as a church. I think we need to look at it first, how it's affecting you. This is my heart. Yes, I miss everybody. I want to meet together. I love it when we gather in God's presence, all that he does. I love it when the word is preached, when we worship God, his manifest presence comes, the power of the Holy Spirit ministers among us and through us. I want to get back to that with all of my heart as much or more than anybody else. But the reality is, is that I'm thinking a lot or mostly about how what we're going through is affecting you. I'm thinking about our healthcare workers. I'm thinking about our first responders. I'm thinking about our chaplains. I'm thinking about those that are now f- trying to figure out how they're going to be with their kids at home all of a sudden and even walk them through lessons. It seems like now homeschool is not just popular but mandatory, and we're all trying to figure out what that means. I know that our kids are stressed out. They, they don't enjoy it's not that they don't enjoy being with us, that's debatable, but they don't like being locked in the home and they can't do anything. There's, there's, there's a new normal that that is being set, and I think it can be stressful at first. I'm also thinking about business owners who have lost revenue or you're thinking about it, you're praying about it, you don't know what to think. Maybe some of you have lost your jobs. I've talked to a few that have lost work or you've lost your jobs. A friend of mine lost their job about a week ago and they were told if they can get hired back at a later time, then they will. This is a reality that we are being faced with and many of us are struggling through this. And I care about what you're going through. As a pastor, that's what's on my heart. I carry a burden. I know that our staff and our team carries a burden and we're praying, we're trying to connect and see what God will do as we continue to pray together. But I wanna share with you a scripture, and I did so in my email, but let me go ahead and just read it to you right here. And this is from the Sermon on the Mount. This is Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 34. Bear with me, here's what it says. Jesus says, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more of value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these." And his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. Therefore, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. The promises of God here are truest in the face of opposition. What I want to simply share with you out of this passage is Jesus addresses worry, he addresses fear, and he addresses anxiety. Now, some of us, maybe we're not in a position or a situation where we're feeling fear, worry, or anxiety, but I want to say this to you clearly. Having feelings or thoughts is not sinful. It's we get to choose what we do with those thoughts and those feelings. See, doubt will come into our mind, but it doesn't mean that, that we're the source of that doubt. Doubt can come from a circumstance or a situation that we've never faced before. Fear can come from that same situation. But we get to choose whether or not those things become permanent residents in our life. They don't belong in us, and they're those residents or those roommates that will wreak havoc on our soul. They will cause us to carry burdens we simply cannot carry. We were not meant to carry, and it's too heavy for us. We all are going through some things, and here's what I wanna say. This is the time for us to lay hold of the promises of the Lord. I don't know what you have to lay hold of, but the word of God is full of those promises, and this is the time where we need to grab a hold of the anchor of our faith. This is where the word really matters. We may have quoted it in another season and said, hey, this is a great promise. We highlighted it in our Bible. We underlined it. We put it on our mirror, but now is the time for us to know that this is what our God does. This is who Jesus is. This is what God is about. And we can know that for sure. Christians are those that can look at what the scene is, what's in front of us. And although we can't see, although we can't feel, and although those thoughts maybe aren't resident right there in our mind, we know that the word is truer than what we can see and what we can feel and what we think. And that doesn't make us crazy. That makes us a biblical Christian that makes a choice to follow Jesus and to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, knowing that what we need, he will add to us. If you're facing loss or you're facing fear about tomorrow, or you don't know what's going on with your work or job, I want to pray for us as a community at the end of this. And I'm not placating anybody. My burden is this, is that all of God's house, that Northwest Church as a community, and I mean the whole community, but I'm thinking first about our church, not being selfish, just saying, I want to pray for each one of us that God would provide for us in any way that he chooses because he can and he will. And I believe this for us as as a community. I want to share with you a little bit about what God is showing me during this time. Um, Number one, I want you to know that I'm thankful for our church. The Lord is showing me just how thankful I should be. I'm thankful that God transitioned Steve and Mary Shell when He did, and that God transitioned me and Bridget and our kids in when He did. I just was on the phone with Pastor Steve today, and him and I were rejoicing about the timing of the Lord. Now, I don't stand before you and say, I- I'm the greatest option or choice. That's not my heart in this. But I can tell you that um, this kind of situation is something that I'm, 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 I'm wanting to join in God's church with and say, we can overcome this mountain together. We can walk through this together. In fact, there are things that I was praying about and thinking through before I ever got here. My wife and I were thinking about before I ever got here, That showed me that in this season, I know that we are supposed to be here. And Pastor Steve said the very same thing. I'm thankful for our previous leaders, how Pastor Steve and Mary led us. I'm thankful for all that they did, all that our church has done over the years to be a solid, biblically-based, spirit-filled community because these moments actually show who we really are. I was thinking about Matthew 7 where Jesus said that The foolish man is the one who hears his words and does not put them into practice. He said, because the rains will come, that the difficult storms will come. And when they come, they will reveal what the foundation of the house is built on. Storms reveal what our substance really is. It's really hard to build your life in Christ in the middle of a storm. A storm actually reveals where you are. It is is not necessarily the best time to build, although we may have to do that. But I can tell you this, this difficulty that we are facing right now has shown me that this church is devoted to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I am grateful to be a part of this church. I'm grateful to pastor this church. I'm also thankful for our staff. Our staff has been working hard. Our staff has been... Uh, Adapting and changing to do whatever we need to do in this season. Because you move from here's what we do as ministers and ministry to equip the people of God to do the work of ministry, and all of a sudden, everything changes. Just like maybe for you on your job or in your situation or with your kids going to school and now they're at home, your entire environment shifts and you have to adapt quickly. Well, I'm very grateful for our staff because they've stepped up and they've been doing whatever needs to be done. And I'm also just wanting to give credit to all of those that put all of the online resources together because obviously that's one of the major ways that we connect. And uh, and so we've got a lot of people behind the scenes, as you know, who make this possible. And so I'm super thankful um, for that. The second thing that the Lord is showing me is that He always has a plan for new places. And this was a scripture that I received in the beginning of all this, and I wanted to share it with you. Um, this is in John chapter 6. And this is the story where Jesus is walking with his disciples and they end up in basically a a desolate place where there's no food and there's no water and a crowd comes out to meet Jesus and his disciples. And it's where he multiplies the five loaves and the two fish. And I've preached on this before. I'm not going to preach to you, but I just want to show you a thought that I had in the middle of this passage that I think is interesting for the times that we're in. Here's here's what it says in verse 5, John chapter 6 Therefore, Jesus, lifting up his eyes and seeing that a large crowd was coming to him, he said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that all these people may eat? Now, I want you to pay attention to this next verse because he just asked Philip, where are we going to get all the bread? Because there's a lot of people. Verse six says, this he was saying to Philip to test him for he himself already knew what he was intending to do. Now, I want you to hear that in the scenario that we're in. Jesus always has a plan for the situation that we 're in what i what I see from this passage and what what i I never preached this part of it before, but I realize that Jesus asked Philip a question to draw out the type of thinking that he had. Philip was thinking, and the other disciples let 's push the people away. Let's tell the people to go back. Because in their mindset, we cannot meet the needs of the people. And so we got to tell them to go back from where they came. But Jesus was not thinking the same way. Jesus was actually thinking in terms of who he was, knowing what he could do. And the first thing that I think Jesus wants to do is he wants to make sure that his disciples are on the right side of the situation. Isn't that interesting? Sometimes as disciples of Jesus, we We can actually be thinking the wrong thing at the wrong time, because we're not considering who we're walking with. We're not considering his ability, his willingness, his supernatural capacity. And I would say to you in this situation that we're in right now with COVID-19 that Jesus knows the situation that's at hand. He knows the lives that we live. He knows our church. He knows our city. He knows exactly what is going on, and he knows what he is about. Jesus can supernaturally multiply whatever is in our hands and break it and cause it to be given to the multitude. Jesus can use our lives. He always knows what he's doing. The question is, Are we receiving from the Lord during this time to know the plan that he has right here and right now? Sometimes we're thinking the opposite of what he's thinking, and he wants to change the way that we think so that we can minister to the people. And I believe that the Lord is going to do that. He is going to change the way that we think, take care of our needs so that we can minister to people. And this is what we desire. That's why we've been talking about hearing the voice of God, and it's so vital that we hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, that we know his word and we hear his voice, because God wants to use us, especially as we align our hearts with him. The third thing that he's showing me is that the church needs to go viral. Now, this is something that's really um, important. I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 4, and uh, my heart has always been this. I I realize that There's many different types of churches, and we all have various backgrounds. We all come from a church that we used to love, or maybe the ways that we used to do things are, we think are the best ways, but ultimately the church has a purpose, I believe, in God's heart that the word is very clear about, but that does not mean that that's always what the church does. As a church, we have that foundation of discipleship, but this is specifically what the Apostle Paul says to the church in Ephesus. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11, he says, And he, Jesus, gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man to the measure of stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ, which is until Jesus returns, obviously. And so here we have the purpose of the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, that Jesus anoints and appoints some within the church. Their role is to equip the saints, to equip the people of God to do the work of ministry. Now often, and I think historically, the church has done so a lot of the times in a building. And what we know and especially are learning in this time that the church isn't about a building, but when the church gathers, we certainly gather in a building to worship God. We gather to hear the word, to be equipped for the work of ministry, to share spiritual gifts, and then we go out into the world. We are the church scattered abroad, and as we're scattered, we do what we've been equipped to do. And this is very important. Sometimes the church becomes, uh, the church building becomes the hub by which we all think God does things. So it's always got to happen at the building or or my ministry is at the building. But the fact is, there are only so many people that have a calling, apostles, the prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Those are anointed and appointed to equip, to put the tools into the hands of the people so that we as business leaders, as teachers, as healthcare professionals, as counselors, as janitors, as people that work wherever we work, whatever it is that we do, that in that place, we use the influence that we've been given to bring Jesus to people, and people to Jesus. This is the heart of the Lord, and this is what the church is all about. The church is on mission. God is not confused about what he's doing. The mission and the ministry of Jesus has been the same since he entrusted it to the disciples that we read about there in Matthew chapter 28, and obviously where Jesus ascends into heaven in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. The mission is still the same. He's not trying to figure out what he's doing right now in this season. What God is about today is what he's always been about. What our heart needs to be is how do we discover in our world what he's doing and join him on mission. Which is, again, I say it's simply to bring Jesus to people and people to Jesus, but that really is what it's about, that we we go viral. And so here's what's happening people are calling me and they're saying, is there any way that I can help? You want Our church is amazing because we have a lot of missions and ministry and all that's kind of shut down kind of at the moment except for our food pantry. And so it kind of makes us feel a little bit helpless. Like what am I supposed to do? So we get phone calls and there's a lot of you that want to help. And there might be a few opportunities, honestly, but we're a pretty big church. And so there's really no way we're going to be able to get everybody involved in the hub, in the center of this, because there's not much Going on. In fact, we're being discouraged to gather in homes. We're being discouraged to. Uh, we're being encouraged to social distance. We're being discouraged to gather together. We're being encouraged to stay at home, or we're being told to stay at home. So there's really not much that we can do. So we can get on the phone, and I've had a lot of people say, "Well, I would love to be a part of calling people." The, the problem is, is we have enough staff members to cover all that at this time, and so we're struggling trying to find through the hub what we can tell people to do. And this is what needs to happen. We all need to go viral. What that means is, is that you and I need to think about our neighborhood. We need to think about people that we work with. We need to think about our family members. And we need to carry the ministry and the mission of Jesus into the places and spaces that God has planted us. And I actually believe that this is the greatest Outreach program that anybody could ever come up with is that God could put His Spirit inside of us and put His Word in our hand, in our heart, and in our mouth, and send us all over Federal Way, Des Moines, Seatac, Auburn, Kent, Mercer Island, uh, Puyallup, Milton, Edgewood, all over the place. Here we are; we have we have our foot in all kinds of places. We have influence in all kinds of relationships, and we. As representatives of Jesus Christ, we are witnesses of the Lord Jesus Christ, have the opportunity at any time to be able to share with somebody about the love of Jesus or even just do a good deed that people might glorify our Father in heaven, that we have this opportunity. The church needs to go viral. And now I believe people are waking up to that. We're seeing that. We are seeing that God has given us all that we need. The church gathered is important. I'm not doing away with that. Sometimes in a crisis like this, people are saying, well, buildings don't matter. Well, buildings may not matter, but it's, it's just like having a home. A, a, a home matters. It's a place where you go. It's a place where you gather. It's a place where you sleep, but it's not the place that you stay. It's that you go out from there and you do things. And that's what a home or that's what a building or that's what a base is. It's just a place. It's a home. It's a place where you and I can gather together. We are the church gathered. But when we're the church scattered, I believe God is highlighting to us that we've been equipped for such a time as this. And this is an opportunity in, in, that we have right now to be who God has always created us to be. We are the body of Christ, each and every one of us having various gifts and strengths as we go and minister To the people that we come across every day. The Lord is showing me that there is an opportunity in front of us. The fourth thing that the Lord is showing me is how the church needs to get back to the basics, and this is kind of piggybacking on what I just said, of reaching up and reaching out. We need to prune because this season will change many things beyond what we know. This is a time to prune things that don't matter as much. You look in John chapter 15, if you're reading our OSL Bible reading plan, and the bookmarks that I've been pushing on you for a long time. You can read the Old Testament once and the New Testament twice in a year, and you can go and download our app and you can follow along. It's what my family reads and many of us are reading. If you were reading that, we just read John chapter 15 yesterday, John chapter 16 today, and Jesus talks about his father is the gardener, and he talks about how he bears those that those branches that are in him, those that are going to be fruitful. He prunes them back so that they would be They would have more fruit in a new season. Pruning isn't, we're not to be pruned from something, we're being pruned for something. And we need to remember that. God is pruning us in this season and we want to participate in that pruning. What matters right now? What do we need to focus on right now? What have we neglected in the past? As we spend time with the Lord and we spend time in His Word, it's time for us to reflect on those things. God has been speaking to us, but sometimes we get too busy to hear his voice. And now is the time for us to realize that he is gonna prune some things so that we could grow greater fruit for his glory. I believe that. So we wanna reach up into God with all of our heart and reach out to people as a result of what he gives to us. This moment, as hard as it is, will provide that opportunity. And we prayed for revival, but we didn't realize what package it might come in. And I don't mean to say that as though COVID-19 is from God. I don't, I don't believe that at all. I don't believe that this is a judgment from God. I, I hold the theology that Isaiah chapter 53 shows us that Jesus Christ would be the suffering servant, the Messiah that was to come, the Jewish Messiah that was to come, who suffered on the cross on behalf of all those who would in the future give their lives to him. They would confess him as Lord. And this is important for us to realize because there are a lot of so-called prophets that are speaking right now saying that this is a judgment. The world is doing what the world has always done. When you and I were not Christians, we were full of sin and transgression. But that price was paid on the cross of Calvary. And we need to understand that. There is a day where Jesus is coming back as a righteous judge. He will judge the living and the dead for every idle word, And for every deed done... He will judge those that have named his name. And this is is one judgment. And then he will judge, the books will be opened and he will judge everyone as to whether what they did with the knowledge of his good news. And this is so important for us to realize that right now we're in a time where we proclaim good news to people that do not know Jesus. And we should expect that the world is going to sin. We should expect that the world is going to do harm, but we need to repent of a lack of goodness which overcomes evil. We need to repent for a lack of sharing the gospel because that's what changes and transforms people's hearts. And I want to reiterate this. I'm not just saying that if you're not just some crazy evangelist, you don't matter. We all play a part. We all have a role whatever that might be. But we've got to be unashamed and fearless in this season because people are going into an eternity without God. And that matters to us as people. It matters to us as a church. And what I'm trying to say is, is that all of these voices are talking about all these bad things that are going on in our country and across the world, and that COVID-19 is somehow a judgment. I don't know if you've heard this, but that is nonsense. That is not true this is a result. All sickness and disease is a result of the fall. And that's exactly what this is. We live on a broken planet and we have these diseases that exist among us. And so when we push back, when we pray against this, we're not praying against God's righteous judgment. And we need to remember that. It's important to know that if we actually believe that this was a judgment, that we wouldn't pray against it because we would know that it's God actually doing it. So we do not believe God is doing this. We believe Jesus was judged enough, and now we can preach the good news, and the righteous judge is gonna come back one day. That's why we all grieve sin. We all grieve the disease of sin in and around us and how it affects us, and Jesus is the righteous cure for all that we need, including our world. And so this is an opportunity for us We may not have realized how revival might come, but I'm telling you that revival has many packages. And you you can read in church history how on the heels of a crisis, the church reached up into God and they reached out to people. And as they did that, a mighty revival sprang forth. And so this is the time where we might feel the fear of the world. We might feel the anxiety. We might feel those types of things, but we wanna take that and give it to Jesus so that we can have the same mind and the same heart because he knows what he is about to do. And we can trust that. We wanna be on the right side of what he is doing and especially the right side of what he is saying. We have to have a healthy fear of the Lord that we are not saying the wrong thing right now because that is going to make, put us up in a place where people will not listen to what we have to say. We want to be carriers of the gospel in this season of life, just like any other. But even more so, we have opportunities. I don't know if you've noticed this, but your neighbors are saying hi a little more when you're on your walk. I don't know if you've noticed this, but people are a little bit nicer right now. You know, hearts are softening. I told you about when I was at the store the other day, in one of my emails And I was talking to a gentleman behind me and he asked me what I did for a living. I said, I'm a pastor. And the whole line, most of them had hard liquor in their hands because that's how people are coping. Not me, (laughs) that's how people are coping with some of this stuff. But the whole line stopped and listened to what I had to say. I'd never seen the kingdom of God, which is peace, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. I saw the tangible peace of God rest on people. And I've been seeing that like people need hope. People are looking for, they're starved for interaction. Even introverts are starved for interaction. I know there's a couple of you introverts that are like, I'm just fine at home right now. You're gonna get tired of that. I I know you will. You're gonna get tired of that, and you're gonna question how much of an introvert you really are. I know it's gonna happen. At some point, I prophesied, you know, that's not from the Lord. That's, I prophesied that from Ben. But anyways, uh, number five, and finally, the Lord is showing me that we need to seriously start praying. Jesus taught us to pray in Matthew chapter six proactively and not just reactively. Now, if we're reacting in prayer, that's fine, you know. but we wanna pray proactively. That's why I shared with you in the beginning, I think this is gonna last longer and I think this is gonna take a hard economic hit. I don't wanna be a prophet of doom and gloom, but I wanna prepare well and I wanna pray seriously. So I'm inviting our church into a serious time of prayer. And I'm not just asking for a month. I'm saying there becomes a new normal where we become people that pray. Prayer ripens the harvest, preaching reaps the harvest. So right now we wanna enter into a time of prayer that is more serious than we've probably ever entered into. We've had all kinds of prayer meetings. We've had a season of 40 days of prayer and fasting. Maybe you were glad that when it was done, you were celebrating with more bread or whatever. But honestly, this is not a season to sit back. This is a season to move forward. And so here's what I'm calling us to As a result of meeting with our leaders, Pastor Rich had mentioned that we call our people to prayer. That was in my heart as well. And so I just want to align ourselves together. And I'm calling this Reach Up 1000. All right? Reach Up 1000. You can write this out. You can hashtag Bam Bam. Reach Up 1000. Here's what I'm asking for. I'm asking that a thousand of us commit to one hour of prayer a week. Now, I'm not trying to orchestrate 24-7. I'm just saying one hour of prayer a week. This is where I wanna start as a church. I know there are other ministries that are facilitating 24-7 prayer, and you might say, let's join them. No, I wanna do something specific. I'm starting this with us. I'm asking for you to commit one hour of prayer to pray for our church to pray for our families, to pray for our kids, to pray for our business owners, to pray for those that are potentially losing hours or jobs, pray for our church, pray for our city, pray for our region, pray for our nation, pray for our world, that we would begin to push back on what is happening in our world and stand up, reach up into God in prayer. I'm asking, we're calling this Reach Up 1,000, Reach Up 1,000, let's hashtag that, let's plaster that all over the place. Let's have 1,000 people, pray for one hour a week, and we can grow that. But wouldn't it be amazing if we knew as a church that we have 1,000 hours of prayer that are going up as a community before God? Come on, that's gotta do something to you right there, knowing that we've got 1,000 more hours than we had of prayer before the Lord. You can't tell me that God's not going to answer prayers. You can't tell me that God's not going to hear us, that God's not going to respond to us. You know as well as I do that God hears us. And when we come into agreement, when we come into alignment, the Bible says that he will hear us and respond to us according to his will. I'm asking you, will you pray for an hour this week? Just commit to one hour. You might say, Ben, I'll do two or three or four. I'm just asking for one. If you will, I want you to right now on the comment section, and I want you to take it very seriously. I will pray for an hour this week. I will set aside that time. It's not like we're doing a whole lot more. So we got the time. And I want us to spread this all over Facebook or wherever in the world we're going to do this to our church community. I'm going to send it in an email. I'm asking everyone to commit. And uh, married couples, you can certainly pray together as your hour, but I'd ask you as individuals to also commit to two hours if you're going to pray together. That would be awesome, so that we continue to, each person represents one hour. So I'm thanking God that He's going to move in us and through us and among us as we pray and push back in prayer. And we're going to push, pray until something happens, amen? That's what we're going to do. Stay logged on, but let's pray together. All right. So the first thing I want to do is I want to pray for our church community. So if you just right where you are, just pray in your living room, with your family, with your spouse, by yourself, doesn't matter. Let's just pray right now and join our hearts together and contend for our church community and even wait on the Lord and see if he gives us words or prophetic words. And you're welcome to use my cell phone number to share a prophetic word. Make it concise, okay? So I'm just going to pray for a few. I'll start us off and I'm going to wait for a minute or two as we begin to pray. Father, we thank you right now for our church. We thank you, Lord, for how you've brought us together as a community. We thank you for Steve and Mary Shell right now. They're still family with us, Lord, just because we had a transition does not mean we're all not family. We bless them in the name of the Lord Jesus. We thank you that they're healthy. We thank you, Lord, that you've moved them into a fruitful season, and we pray that it would be. We thank you, Lord, for how you're moving us together as a church family that the things you've been doing in the past is exactly what you're doing right now. We glorify you, Lord Jesus, for how you have been faithful to this church, that this church is a planting of the Lord. And that means that everybody, a part of this house, remains under that blessing. And we pray that blessing over every family and every home and every young person and every child. And we ask, Lord, that you would move upon our hearts and you would stir us as a people. I pray that you would provide for us in all of our jobs and our businesses. We ask, Lord, that you would cover us. We know that you care for us. So we ask, Lord, right now in Jesus' name for your provision. We thank you, Lord, that you care for us. I pray for your healing power over all of our bodies and the situations that we're facing, not just COVID-19, but many are struggling or suffering, and we ask for healing upon us right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit, healing in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I just have this sense like somebody's even, their collarbone, something's been almost off and you, you, maybe you even lean a little bit to one side. It's affecting your shoulder. And uh, I think it's your right shoulder. Father, we just pray right now over, maybe it's uh, something's caused that, an old thing that's flaring up right now. We pray in Jesus' name. Bring healing right now to our body. Thank you, Lord. And we just take authority over fear, anxiety, worry. And we just banish stress, Lord. We thank you that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And we just pray the peace of Christ that is above any comprehension. That right now, Lord, you would release your peace over our minds and our hearts in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you, Lord, that you would give us your peace in exchange for whatever we feel or think right now. That you don't shame us for feeling it, Lord. You just ask for us to exchange it. So we ask for that right now. Thank you, Lord. I pray also over our body that you would make us viral. We've used these words almost like puns, but the fact is, is that the gospel is the most contagious thing in the world. And we pray, God, that we would be infected and infectious with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That we, as your people, would go viral and that we would not be afraid to talk to people anymore. If that's a fear we have, Lord, we pray that you would take that from us and that we could be who we are, but not be afraid to talk to anyone else. Give us opportunities and help us to not walk away, to not shy away or shrink back, Lord. Make us bold, freedom to speak. I pray that everywhere, all over the communities that we live in, Lord, even though shelter in place is happening, I pray that we would reach out, email, social media, calling, text messaging, even neighborly stuff give us opportunities, Lord, to reach out to people, to care for people, to be generous to people, to be kind to people, to share your word with people, to give encouragement to people, and to be a bringer of hope to people. That's who we are. We thank you, God, for that. That's our calling. We thank you, Lord, for that tonight. In Jesus' mighty name, come Holy Spirit. Somebody says they're hearing we are to rest at his feet. He is our peace and our source. Receive that if that's from you. Thank you, Lord. Jesus speaks peace over our families living in close quarters, dwelling together in peace. If that's you and you just need the peace of the Lord to as you're together and you feel like there's friction or maybe that conflict that flares up, we just speak the peace of God over your, over your home, the shalom of the Lord over your home right now. Receive that from the Lord. Thank you, God we receive that in Jesus' mighty name. God is at work even where we cannot see. He is restructuring, rearranging, revising, and we're going to look different as we regroup. And we welcome that right now. God is redesigning, redoing. (laughs) He's revamping. You know what that re is about? It's about revival. Lord, awaken us. When we come back together, Lord, we pray we would look more like you we, would, we pray that we would look more like you, God. We would celebrate. We would testify. We would talk about how you used us, Lord, despite maybe our own setbacks. We thank you for that, God. Change us into your likeness more and more. God is hitting the reset button, somebody said. One more here. God, the Lord is sending us all out as agents of his peace in our neighborhoods. Amen. Receive that. That the peace of the Lord is upon you, not just for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We know that. More and more about hope and peace. Be still is a song that Hillsong wrote. Be still. And the Psalm 4610 reminds us of this. Thank you, Lord. Finally, there are church members who are trying to get back home, maybe overseas, and are having difficulty um, getting consistent transportation. They need help and encouragement. Uh, Right now, we can pray for them. Lord, we pray for those right now in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Bring aid to them. Allow them to come home wherever they might be. Thank you, Father. Somebody said last week we prayed specifically for right hip burning pain. I had that pain for a couple years. It immediately stopped hurting and burning as soon as you were done praying. Come on, I I don't know where you're at, but you better be smiling right now. This is is what God does. This is not a fiction thing, amen? Sometimes we wonder when this stuff gets said. This is is somebody texting me right now that that as soon as we prayed as the body of Christ, it may not not look like we're gathered together, but we are. It may not look like it always has, but the presence of God is still the same. The power of God is still the same. Man, I just love what God does. So we thank you for that right now in Jesus' name. Finally, let's pray for the community and opportunity. Let's pray for the community and the opportunities that God would give to each one of us. If you need assistance with that, equipping with that, if you're leading anything in your home, I'll give you everything you need. You can email, call me. We have a whole church staff. We are here to equip the saints for the work of ministry. But right now, the Lord is giving us this opportunity to be the viral church. And in some ways, we may never be the same, but what will be the same is that we are the church with the word of God and the power of God, his covenant community working together on mission with him. Let's pray over our community. I just wanna push back the darkness We want to push back the fear and not be pushy, but that the Lord would send each one of us in such a way where we would have impact that glorifies God. Let's pray. Father, thank you right now for our community. Some of us live in federal way or or just beyond these neighborhoods. We just pray over our cities. We ask over our neighborhoods, Lord. We pray over our families. We ask that you would use us, God. We ask you to use us, And Lord, first we come to you and we just repent for maybe the turning away. I just sense like maybe we turn our heads and it's not that we hate or despise. Maybe it's that we're distracted. But Lord, I just confess it. I confess the many times where I've just been more busy. I've been less mindful of my neighbor. And so I pray right now, Lord, that you would hold us accountable to being your hands and your feet and your mouthpiece in the world that you've planted us in to bring you glory. So Lord, use us Speak to our hearts, God. Give us new inspiration, new encouragement to do maybe what we didn't do a month ago, but somehow by your grace, we would now. Thank you, Lord, give us that. Just pray for a couple moments. You could pray over your own neighborhood um, as a family or just as an individual or the place that you live, the workplace that you're a part of with faces in your mind, with names on your lips, people on your heart. Just a moment or two. boldness, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to close by praying for salvation. I had somebody here send a prophetic word they felt like on the other end of this Whenever that might be, that God was going to give the body of Christ a new boldness, and it'll be almost like, in my heart, I understand this to be catalytic. Like when we get together, it, it just we're going to sense it, and the, like even the heart for worship is going to change because how we glorify God together. In fact, when you read the Scripture, something you notice really careful, or really uh, all over the Bible is when the Holy Spirit was poured out, or when God delivered the the people from something, they rejoiced and they sang. You know that when God delivered Israel, as Moses led them through the Red Sea, they get on the other side, and you'll notice that Moses sings a song. It's called Moses' Song, and there's many other deliverances that they go through, and they sang a song. There's many songs in the Bible like that. David, he was delivered, or even when he was contemplating or crying out to God, he sang, he worshiped. Acts chapter 2, it says that the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost, and they go out and to the open public, and it says they begin to praise God. They begin to praise God, and everybody heard in their known tongue. What you see is when the Holy Spirit is poured out, and when the people of God get delivered, they sing unto the Lord, and I actually think that's indicative of revival, that when we move into a place of passionate praise and worship, that it's not just about being an extrovert or being somebody that's comfortable with it. It's that God does something in us that is uncontainable. And I believe when we come back together that we're going to recognize that God has done something rich and deep inside of us, even in difficult times, that is going to be uncontainable. And it will be evidenced by these bursts of praise, these moments of intimacy and worship where it won't be business as usual, but our hearts are gonna be before God in a fresh and a mighty way. I think church is gonna change. Church gathered and church scattered. It's all gonna change. And I welcome what God wants to do. Whatever upgrade God wants to give us, I welcome it. Lord, do it, but for your glory. And we wanna be on the right side of that. So let's just pray right now. Salvation, deliverance, healing. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray over this season. We pray that many would come to Christ. While we hear about death, Lord, we want to hear about life. And so we pray that all across this region and all across this nation, we pray, God, that you would pour out your Holy Spirit that men and women, young and old, would have an encounter with the living God. We pray that you would pour out your spirit where people would have dreams and visions. They would see Jesus Christ crucified, risen from the dead, knowing that you were the coming Savior that came into the world to give your life as a sinless sacrifice, that we could be forgiven and restored. We pray that the message would go out. We pray that souls would be saved. We ask, Lord, that In the midst of a time where we hear about death, where we would hear about life, we also pray for deliverance during this time. Deliver us from our addictions. Deliver us from our devices. Deliver through us as we lay hands on the sick and see them recover. We pray your healing power. We push back in the name of Jesus, and we pray, God, that you would pour out your healing power through us. A new boldness we proclaim. We ask for it, and we thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' mighty name, and Northwest Church all over said, amen. Hey, God bless you. I don't know if you know this, but there's over 300 households represented watching us right now. I just want you to have that in your mind right now. Even though we're online, together, right in this moment, we have at least five to 700 people. We could have as many as 1,000 people right now praying together. Come on, that's incredible. Reach up 1,000. Say yes, if that's you. Say amen, if you're saying, I'll commit to one hour of prayer every week as we stretch this thing out. That's all I'm asking as we unite together. Now, God's gonna ask us to do more, but we wanna take that first step. So let's start there. Reach up 1,000. God bless you guys. I love you. I'd love to stay connected with you. I'd love to hear from you on email. Thanks for all the text messages. We are truly in this together. Let us know how we can continue to contend and pray with you. You can pray for and with us. We look forward to the testimonies of what God is going to do in and through this time. So we'll see you this weekend. Tune into our live stream services. God bless you. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you'd like more information about Ignite Global Ministries, please go to our website, igniteglobalministries.org. And while you're there, check out our Immersion Discipleship School and the books Pastor Ben has written.